Hello and a big welcome back to the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, K-beauty expert, long-term resident of Seoul, South Korea, and your guide to what is going on in Korea right now. So for this week, what I wanted to do is have a little chat about why so many beauty brands are making their products in Korea. Now, you might be thinking, yeah, duh, we already know that. Like this whole podcast is about companies, brands, people making products in Korea. And that's true. But what I wanted to talk about today was not Korean brands and Korean people necessarily making their products here, but foreign brand founders, foreign brands that are looking to start out for the first time. Maybe they already have a collection and they're actually wanting to turn the production over to a Korean manufacturer and have it done here. That is what I wanted to talk through. And one of the reasons for that is that part of Style Stories business that we actually do here on the ground in Korea is our consultancy business. So what we basically act as consultants for a really wide range of different people. We've worked with everyone from brand founders to aestheticians. I'm trying to think, oh, you know, new brands, people that are looking to do market research and things like that, established brands. Some of the brands that reach out to us or companies that reach out to us have just signed uh, contracts with a Korean company in their own country and they want to get more of an understanding of how it all works. So we work with a really, really wide range of people. And one of the reasons that I'm able to do that is because I've been manufacturing here for many years. I have many years of experience as working as a lawyer. My background was obviously working at a corporate law firm in Australia and then here in Korea for many years. And I was actually the seventh Aussie to be made a foreign legal consultant here in Korea. Uh, and that's uh, a very, very small group of foreign lawyers that have gone through the process to be registered with the Korean bar. Uh, and there were only six other Aussies before me that had ever done it. So when I got over here and by the time I got qualified, uh, I was the seventh person on the roll from Australia. So there's not too many people that do exactly what I do. So we tend to work with a really, really wide range of people. And these days, more and more what I'm noticing is that the people that are reaching out that are wanting to work with us and do things are people that are looking to start their brand from scratch and they don't really necessarily have any interest in it being a K-beauty brand or marketing it as a K-beauty brand. Some people even have their own fully established brand that has a whole collection of different products. But they're thinking, you know, they hear so much about what is going on in Korea and they're interested in finding out whether their brand should, you know, change their manufacturing, move their manufacturing to Korea. So what I wanted to just run through is some of the reasons that companies are thinking about doing that and why Korea is becoming that destination. I think historically, particularly in Europe, when a lot of people think of, you know, quality cosmetics, 
In many countries in Europe, people will say, well, the best cosmetics come from France and Germany because, you know, they're more, they're recognized as being more scientific, they're safe, they're well-made, they're high quality, all of those kind of things. Uh, And Australia has historically also been, you know, a great destination, particularly for botanicals and things like that. Australian skincare is quite famous uh, for the natural element, organic, those sorts of things that are being popularly marketed at the moment, but more and more companies are coming here to Korea to make their products. And there are so many more products than you probably realize that actually are being made here. If you have a look in next time you're in your local beauty store, just turn over some of the ones that you, you know, recognize some of the bigger brands and see how many of them are actually made here in Korea. You would probably be quite surprised. Uh, I know for sure that I have been when I see, you know, people who are tapping into it and they're not marketing it as K-beauty at all. They're not even sort of leaning into the fact that they've made it here or worked with Korean manufacturers. They just do it and then sell it as their own brand. Uh, So it makes sense to me that Korea is such a big manufacturing destination because manufacturing is what Korea does best in many Many different sectors. It is a great manufacturing uh, country in lots of different ways. And the thing that I've noticed is that when it comes to cosmetics in particular, because there is such an industry that has grown up around here, there is so much more choice. Like people are spoilt for choice when it comes to things like the manufacturers, the ODM, OEM manufacturers. There are so many different ones that you can work with here from all different sizes as well. There's the ones at the top of the market that you would probably be more familiar with if you tune into the show on a regular basis. Companies like Cosmax and Colmar, Cosmeca, um, Hanguk Kwajangpum, Korea Cosmetics. Uh, They are some of the ones at the sort of top end of the market that work with really big companies that have very large orders that they do through them. And then at the lower end of the market, not in quality, but in terms of output, are the smaller manufacturers that work with, uh, you know, chungsokiop is what we call them here in Korea. It's the mid to small size companies uh, that are maybe just starting out, maybe just testing the market. They're not making hundreds of thousands of products, but they still want to put cosmetics out. And when you go overseas to places like America or Australia or even Europe, a lot of the times it's prohibitively expensive for people to do it there or it's just not possible because the starting orders, what we call the MOQ, the minimum order quantity, is just too high. It's too many products for a new brand to make all at once. Now, one of the ways that you can get around that if you are starting out as a new brand would be to actually formulate and make your own products. But not everyone can do that. And there are a whole lot of different things that go around, uh, you know, that are problematic because obviously if that's not your specialty, if that's not what you have been I don't know, you know, educated in, you haven't gone and done a course or something like that, that's going to be really hard for you to, off the top of your head, come up with formulas. You would have to spend a little bit of money, a little bit of time to go and do a course in cosmetic formulation. You'd then need to source all of your ingredients. And they're in a lot of countries as well. There is a process for then making sure that everything is safe, sanitary, and hygienic. So you might need a special certification if you're making your own products 
at home. Whereas when you are working with um, a manufacturer or a professional formulator on a larger scale, they've already got all of that in-house. The problem is that if you go to somewhere like France or Germany to do that, it's really expensive and they tend to only work with the bigger companies for that reason. Uh, So Korea is very unique in the sense that there are a lot of brands and people manufacturing products here that aren't necessarily at that really uh, top pricey end of the market or that aren't churning out, you know, hundreds of thousands of products. The other thing is that Koreans are very on top of the global trends. So not just what is being made and sold here in the market, but overseas as well. So halal certification is increasingly more common here in Korea. Obviously, people in Muslim countries love, uh, you know, K-beauty products as well. There are a lot of people that are coming from places like Malaysia to make their halal products here in Korea. Another big trend that I've noticed is vegan cosmetics. And we've spoken about this probably over the course of the last couple of years, that this is a growing trend. But interestingly, you won't find too many vegan Koreans. So it's a trend in cosmetics, but not necessarily as a lifestyle. And I think that part of that is the influence from overseas of people using vegan cosmetics. So these are all kind of things that Koreans are very capable of producing. They are on top of the trends and people can do it here. Uh, Whereas I think that's a little bit different from other countries, you know, like Japan has a particular style of cosmetics that they are very famous for. But if you're not a fan of that style, then a lot of their products are going to fit into that. The same with Australia. Australian companies, by and large, seem to really lean into things like botanicals uh, and essential oils. And if you're not a fan of that, then it's likely that you won't be a fan of a lot of Australian skincare brands. Korea, I think, has a lot more diversity in the types of products that are being made and that they are capable of making at a really, really high quality. The other big thing is that, and I'm not saying that this is my opinion, but I think that for many people, brand founders, consumers, Korea is seen as a more trustworthy destination than maybe some other parts of Asia in terms of manufacturing. And that's because Korea has worked really, really hard to make its reputation synonymous with quality. So back in the day when K-Beauty was first starting out, it had a little bit of a gimmicky kitsch image to it because of a lot of the packaging. But these days with the sleek minimalist formulas uh, and the really, you know, Korean nails packaging, there is just no two ways around it. You can always tell when a product is Korean, I think, or Korean inspired because the packaging is beautiful. Uh, And it's just not the same with a lot of the homespun or brands at the lower end of the market in other countries. They just look very, uh, you know, off the shelf. And that's because most of the time they are. They don't have access to special packaging. The stuff that's available on the shelf is just really bland and really samey samey and it doesn't make your product really stand out when people see it. 
Korean products are the opposite. They are visually stunning. They're very beautiful. There's lots of different styles. It's not even just that one style is trending here. Um, pardon me. <laughs> uh, so I think that's the other thing is it's it's trustworthy in that sense as well. Uh, and I've kind of already touched on in this, but I think the real attraction with Korea as opposed to other destinations is that you can do an all-in-one solution here. So if you were a new brand, a new founder or something like that, and you were wanting to start out for the first time, here in Korea, you can do your packaging, you can do your formula, you can do a turn, what we call turnkey, which is everything you need to just then launch the product. Whereas in a lot of other cases, maybe the country is really famous for its formulas, but it's not so good with packaging. So you'd then be you know, importing packaging from China or somewhere else. Whereas in Korea, you can literally do everything together. And then obviously white label is another option. White labeling is when you take an off the shelf formula that's already been vetted, safety tested, checked by the company, and you pretty much just put your own label on it. Maybe you'd add a few ingredients or something in that shortens the time frame that you can get the product to market so that you can start selling quicker. So all of those kind of things are what Korea is really good at and other countries just don't necessarily have the same options available. The other thing is that it can be cheaper to manufacture here than in other countries. And one of the reasons for that is the MOQs, so the minimum order quantities. So there are a lot of companies that are really famous for their products, but they're also famously expensive. And not everyone is looking to launch a luxury brand. Not, not everyone that already has a brand can necessarily afford to change their products over to a different country that's much more expensive because then all the customer base that they've already built up selling at a particular price price point, you know, there's a risk that they might leave. You know, if you've been manufacturing all your products in America and then you start manufacturing them in Switzerland, say, or Italy, you know, if you have to raise your prices significantly, you may lose a lot of the customers that you've already built up. Uh, And I already mentioned the fact that a lot of the packaging options too are very ordinary. Uh, When it comes to custom packaging, so you'll see that some brands have like a shape to their bottles that only they have or a special, you know, uh, design that is only theirs. A lot of the time that is done using custom molds and those kind of things can only be done if you're ordering many, many, many bottles. So that's not really going to work for a lot of the companies that are just starting out because what are you going to do if you have to make 50,000 of a particular bottle but you don't have 50,000 customers to sell? to. So, you know, everyone thinks at the beginning that they would like to start off with something absolutely stunning, visually beautiful, best quality. But then when they look into it a bit more, they're like, that's not feasible. I don't have anywhere to store 50,000 cosmetic jars until I'm ready to use them and sell them. So that is just one thing that I have been noticing with a lot of the, the companies that we are working with at the moment, a lot of the brand founders and businesses and things like that. Uh, So I thought I would share some of that with you because it's been interesting to notice the uptick in inquiries that we have been having at the moment. Uh, If you are a a beauty brand founder, if you are looking to start your own label and you want to 
have a chat about that, then I would love for you to go and check out our website. We have a page of our website devoted uh, to our consultancy services that sets out basically what it is that we can actually do, what we can help people with. Uh, It's a whole range of different things, but basically uh, we share the knowledge that we have built up from years of doing this uh, ourselves, doing this with other brands and companies and, you know, to make it just easier for people that are starting out. Uh, And it's also just a really good way to check Korea off your list. If you are looking around at a couple of different countries, want to see what's involved, um, I've definitely worked with a few people like that as well. They're considering a few different countries, a few different options, and they just want to have a little bit of a look more in detail about about what would actually be involved if they were to do it here. Uh, But yeah, that has been something that's been occupying my time this summer. So I thought I would share that with you guys just in case you find it interesting as well. But there you go. That is why many more brands are making their products in Korea. I hope you've enjoyed this. And if you have, I would love it if you could rate and review the show, share it with someone that you think might like it. And in the meantime, I will see you on Style Story. Bye.